And once again, we are live. Welcome back to the Tesla Talks podcast, folks. It is the second week of May 2020. Thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, we are live on YouTube. Uh, anyone that's uh, joining us, thanks for joining in. It's a little earlier this week. Uh, we figured we'd try experiment with the uh, time and stuff like that. And this time we're doing it a little bit earlier. So if you hear any noise coming in the background, my family's above me and they're like a little herd of elephants if elephants are herds. Your family is loud. They they are loud. I have an eight-year-old and a 12-year-old, so yes, they can be loud. They are loud. I can hear them from my place. So. <laughs> uh, without any further ado, folks, let me introduce our, our guests on tonight's show. Uh, tonight or today, I guess we can say. So we'll start at the top. Anthony from uh, Tesla Milton. Thanks for joining hey. us, buddy. Thanks for inviting me. Yep. And we haven't had this guest in a while. Paul from, as well, also known as uh, Tesla Canuck. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thanks for having me back, Dax. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. Um, like I said, um, we're going to get to the Tesla news in a second. By the way, that's a, and I've seen some of your videos with your guitar in the background. That's a cool guitar. We got it. I have a collection. Yes. Yes, yeah. you do. Uh, it's my good. other hobby. It's your other hobby. Awesome. <laughs> uh, welcome to Jason in the uh, in the chat room. He's saying hi. Uh, any folks Hello. at all? If you're in the chat room and you, uh, you're watching this live or you're listening to it, uh, you can look away. You don't have to always like be looking. Um, if you have any questions, jot it down in the comments there, and I will, along with my guests, we will uh, hammer them out, hammer out the questions as best as we can. Before we get started with the news, let me just do some house cleaning and um, or housekeeping, I guess you can say. House cleaning, too. If you, if you look you around. Are. Yeah, if, if, if I was to tilt this camera, <laughs> you'd see. The house cleaning is needed to be done. We're in a state of a pandemic here. So <laughs> anyways, um, housekeeping. You guys can hear us obviously here on YouTube. After the stream is over, it'll always be on YouTube. Uh, but if you don't want to watch it or you can't watch it, you want to take us on the go, whether in your car or, you know, if you're going for a walk, going for a run, doing a workout, house cleaning or anything like that speaking of house cleaning you can get us on two formats you can get us in your car and tune in radio all you have to do is search for tesla talks in in your car in the search engine or a search thing and it'll uh, show up or you can get us on the uh, apple podcast uh, system just by searching also for tesla talks you'll find us there if you have any questions that you want and we do have some questions tonight and uh someone or a couple guys emailed so i'm gonna pull those up in a little bit but if you have any questions during the week when it's, we're not broadcasting or we're not doing this live, you can send those questions, those burning questions that you've had all week and you want to know an answer to, send it to teslatalksquestions with an S at gmail.com. Once again, it's teslatalksquestions at gmail.com. And um, that's all the housekeeping that I have. You guys have anything to say before we uh, continue? Or start up, I guess you could say? I'm glad it was warm today. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was going to you know what, before we begin, I, I don't... I, don't mean to be so, you know, official and all business and everything. How are you guys doing? I haven't heard or seen you guys in a while. How's everyone doing? I'm still in hibernation. <laughs> yes, yes. Aren't we all? But you, but family and everything's doing well? Yeah, no, everyone's doing good. Actually, I did get out for uh, a drive the other day. It was really nice to get into the Tesla and, you know, remember the good old days. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. Anthony, how are you doing? I'm kind of losing track of what day it is. Of course, that happened like about six weeks ago. So yeah. I, I have to I have to really think about it now. 
But uh, yeah, things are going okay. It was nice today. It was nice and warm. And as you know, we I, Samantha and I went out and uh, dropped uh, dropped some some things off to some uh, some local local friends. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, for the most part, we've been staying in and, and just you know doing doing the stay at home thing like we're asked to. But uh, today was a nice day, and we figured out oh, we'll just go out and uh, run a couple of quick errands. So for people at home, if you don't know what uh, Anthony's talking about when he said dropping some stuff off, this is what I'll pull it up to the camera. I don't know if the camera will be able to pick it up there. That's one of many little decal decals or stickers that. Um, Anthony was nice enough to bring me. Uh, Anthony, do you want to tell everyone where that's from, where you got that, or if you want to? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, the, if uh, as, as people know, I'm I'm, a, I'm friends with uh, G at Tesla Bros, and he uh, he had a special on um, Elon Musk or on on April twentieth or four twenty, uh, and uh, he had a uh, four twenty package uh, of stickers you could get. So I ordered a few of those and uh, gave them out to uh, to some of my friends here uh, in the. Uh, Toronto area, but yeah, there's four of them. There's a uh, there's a, a super super bottle. I'm not sure you can see that. There we go. That's all right. And there's a uh, Elon getting his uh, well, you know, getting his weed on. And then uh, there's there's this, which is actually not not an octopus. <laughs> but I was going to ask you, what is that? It's a it's a bud, I think. Oh, I thought it was an <laughs> octavalve or something. No, and then, oh, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I guess so. And then, of course, we all know what this is, so Cybertruck. But, uh, yeah, so it was just a little thing that G did for uh, for 420 or for Elon Musk Day, as we took to calling it in the community. And uh, so I thought it was, uh, it'd be, be nice to just uh, grab a few of those for some local friends and uh, wait till the weather is nice and uh, drive by and drop them off. So in, in a uh, social distancing aware manner, of course. Yes, well, I appreciate it. It was a nice surprise on my door. Uh, for anyone that knows, Anthony doesn't live too far from me. We all live in the same town, uh, so he was able to drop it off. And like you said, social distancing. I didn't even know it was at my door until he sent me a message saying, check your front porch, type of thing. So it was all good. And that's cool that, that he did that. And that's a nice little unique thing that G did. Yeah, I, I didn't know what was going to be in uh, what it was going to be in there. I just ordered it and figured, well, we'll find out. So yeah. it's was, it was pretty cool. I like the Cybertruck one. That's that's nice. And uh, yeah, I gave Samantha one of these with Elon. So she's like, "What's he doing? Uh, he's uh, he's he's smoking a cigarette." Yes, exactly. <laughs> special cigarette. Yeah, yes. special cigarettes. Well, those yes. are legal in Ontario. So actually, yeah. in Canada now. In so. Canada, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Without any further ado, let's uh, start up with the news. Anthony, I sent you a private message. You might want to give that a, a check while I'm bringing this this up. Um, but let's start off with the first bit of news here. And, you know, I, I mean, can can we all agree that this is probably the biggest uh, thing that's happened in the Tesla community thus far this week? I mean, uh, there's no doubt about it. This yeah. is obviously... Well, it's only Wednesday, so... You know. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I want to get everyone uh, everyone's take on it. Uh, because I... I'll get everyone's take and then I'll tell you my take on it. But... Back on May 11th, I guess that was Monday, uh, you know, we, we talked about last week what happened with Elon's tweets and everything, and then what happened when he went back and forth and said he's leaving California and he's all he was all ticked off and everything, and we talked about that last week. So fast forward to May 11th. Tesla, I mean, uh, Elon, well, I guess you can say Tesla, Elon uh, puts out this tweet, says, Tesla's restarting production today against Almeda County rules. I will be on the front line 
or on, on the line with everyone else. If anyone is arrested, I asked that it only be me. <laughs> 520,000 likes. I, I can totally see, you know, like I'm telling you, my, my views have changed quite a bit over the okay. last couple of weeks. So let me get started. I'm, I'm, I'm hot to talk about this. Yes, no, I want, uh, I want, I want because, your input. Yeah, you know, I, 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 def I definitely am finding myself shifting towards Elon's point of view uh, on this. Uh, as this thing drags on, right, I think that what's happening is, is you know, people are just getting tired of this, right? I know I am, right? And I, I understand that, you know, there's safety precautions that need to be met. But the point is, I have gone through that 38-page PDF of the employee handbook for Tesla uh, to go back to work. And I got to tell you, it's one of the most comprehensive ones that I've seen. And I think if, you know, Elon is making and his team is making a, an argument that they are ready to have employees come back and they've put the proper training in place, they put the proper safety measures in place, then uh, not being allowed to open is just bullshit. Uh, <laughs> you know, can't say the real thing, so you know what I mean. Um, you know, they should be able to open. I think they've got a comprehensive plan. Let's get back to work. That's my view now. No, you know what? I. Um sort of echo years, uh, but I want to uh, pick up on Anthony's opinion. Um, I mean, I don't have an issue with, with Elon, um, you know, wanting, wanting to get things back to work. I, you know, I mean, I've, I, I don't necessarily agree with some of what he said, uh, you know, um, a few weeks ago regarding coronavirus and stuff like that. But, you know, when it comes to the business, it's, it's obviously something that he knows, uh, a lot about, or at least you know, he he knows he knows what the, the the boots on the ground situation is in the factory. So, I think as long as they're taking the appropriate steps to make sure that everything is going to be done in a in a safe and healthy manner, then there's there's not really any reason why they shouldn't be allowed to open up. Um, you know, obviously the the problem with something like this is is you know, now he's kind of you know sort of going going up against the man, so to speak, and you know you you. you I mean, nothing came of it. Obviously, we already know that you know this was sent out uh, a few days ago now, and you know nothing. When was that? May 11th. So that was like two yep. days ago. Right. Yeah, and I mean, nothing really came of it. You know, they opened up and they did what they did, and you know, no cops showed up, and so it was, it was almost like you know nothing really happened. So I, I think, you know, like I think, I think it's see... fine, but you know, I, I think that part of this is you know we we can't just have business leaders saying, well, I'm going to do what I want to do just because, right? Um, you know, there there still has to be some kind of overall um, plan. Now, I understand that, I mean, you know, we're in Canada and, and the this, this, this situation up here is a little bit different. Um, so, uh, you know, like, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, maybe in California and stuff like that, it, it, it does sound like it's a bit more uh, not well planned. I, I, you know? I, think, I think what's happened here is that, you know, over the past couple of weeks, like prior to, let's say, last week or so, there was a lot of hyperbole, you know, coming out of Elon, fascist this, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> constitution this, yada, yada. Freedom think, that. <laughs> yeah, but I think what's happened here is that his team has obviously taken over and they've put together a comprehensive plan. And if you haven't seen this 38-page um, PDF, I encourage you to go take a look at it. The playbook. The playbook. It's an absolutely fantastic piece of work. And that's how he should be leading his argument, not in some inflammatory way about moving to Texas or all this kind of stuff. Uh, but with the facts, and it's like, hey, we have a plan. 
we're ready, it's documented, let's go. That's an argument, not the other stuff he's been saying. I agree, yes. Yeah, and, and that's why, like, as I was saying, I, mean, I think in this, on this particular subject, it's, I don't, you know, I, I don't take issue with what they're trying to do, right? I mean, I, I understand that they're trying to get the, the, get the wheels in motion because, you know, from, I mean, again, I haven't been following this, you know, a lot, but it, it does seem that the situation in California is a bit fragmented where, you know, you've got, you know, sort of one county doing it one way and you've got the state doing it another way and, you know, it's it's sort of like, okay, well, you know, it would be better if all the ducks were lined up and everybody was agreeing, you know, how, how is this going to be done so you don't have business people saying, well, look, I'm just tired of waiting for you guys to, to go be the government and, and we're going we're, we're gonna to kind of force your hand, right? So I think stuff like this is okay. I mean, he's, he's running the business. He's doing business-related things. Um, you know, like I said, and as, as Paul mentioned, I mean, some of the stuff that he was talking about, you know, in the previous weeks was, was stuff that, you know, obviously caused a bit of, uh, turmoil in the community and frankly in my opinion was stuff that, that didn't have anything to do with the business right um, and, and didn't didn't belong there I mean I, I, I was not really impressed with the ranting on the on the earnings call personally um, because that was I don't think anyone that, was yeah that, that was a, that was a personal thing for Elon and uh, you know it, it, had, it, it there was no it was not the right place right I mean if you want to talk about how the coronavirus is affecting the business, you want to talk about, you know, the plans related to opening, the getting business open back up, you know, things like that. That's what, that's what you talk about on earnings calls. You don't start ranting about fascism and, and oppression and, and whatever. I mean, you can do that on Twitter just because, but, uh, you know, anyway. But, but I think uh, this is par for the course, though. Like, we know it's pretty factual out there that Elon's, you know, very high-functioning uh, human being, right? And with that... That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, well, (laughs) choose my words wisely. Um, With that comes kind of odd behavior at times, right? Because he processes things that are going on probably on a different plane than the rest of us, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, so, and and I think that he has trouble kind of articulating (laughs) that sometimes, if I can also put it in um, nice language. Uh, But in the end, you know, I think he's... I think he knows what he's trying to do, and he just didn't do a very good job of explaining that until recently, like this past week, right? And and I credit his team for doing that, right? So yeah, he yeah, needs people I, around him to do that. Yeah, I think he just needs to keep his personal opinions on on you know medical issues um, yeah. separate from the discussion about the business, right? Because they they really are two separate things. You know, I mean, one may cross over and affect the other, but ultimately, you know, he, he has his personal opinions on, you know, a wide range of topics. And then there's, there's, you know, the business, right? And uh, as, a, as a shareholder, even though I only have like, a, you know, like four shares, it's more just, you know, just to, just to have my, my tiny little piece of the, of the pie. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at kind of this going like, dude, can you just sort of focus on the business yeah. stuff when we're talking about business? No, definitely. So from, so from this perspective, I have no problem with it because, again, this is the business. Uh, things need to get going. And, you know, if he needs to kind of give the government a bit of a nudge, you know, to, to make it happen, then, you know, so be it. No, I, I echo exactly what you guys are, are talking about and thinking. Um, did you guys see there was a quick video, I guess it was Grimes that put it out, where he was holding his son and in a chair and he was just tapping him on the back trying to burp, burp him anyone that's had a child obviously you know that's soothing him or, or trying to get him to burp 
and he was staring out into space and I'm thinking to myself, what are you thinking? Because you know, we all know how, like Paul was alluding to earlier, Elon's mind goes 20 miles an hour, probably way more than any of us. Uh, like he, how you said, he's high functioning. He just, you look at that quick, what was it, 10 second video and you're thinking to yourself like, what are you thinking about? Like what, what new invention or what plan are you thinking about? And I think that was Sunday night. Uh, what probably, are you ca- probably calculating like orbital trajectories in his head or something. You know? <laughs> Who knows? But but yeah. Well, like, I mean, it, it's like like Paul said, right? I mean, he's he's one of those guys. You know, I mean, he reminds me. Uh, 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 you know, when we're talking to sort of offline, I'll frequently allude to. You know, reminds me a lot of Steve Jobs, right? Where he's one of these guys where, you know, he's he's got a lot of ideas. You know, sometimes he's not best at articulating those to what I call it normal people, right? But if you just kind of you know, go with the flow, chances are you're going to be in a, in a things are going to work out, right? I mean, you know, so, you know, Steve Jobs was like that. He had a bad reputation sometimes as a boss. You know, he's a lot of, a lot of stuff about, oh, you know, cursing and yelling and screaming and firing people in the elevator because, you know, whatever. Yeah. But he was just, he was one of those guys, right? He's, he's, he's a guy like, like Elon and there's a handful of others in the, in the tech industry where they're just kind of, they're, they're sort of up on a different plane, right? From a, other people and so every now and then they kind of have to look down and remind themselves like oh yeah there's there's regular people down there i need to try to articulate yeah my, and, my message and that's it he can't sort of catch off but he can't articulate like he's such a brilliant guy but when it comes to public speaking and articulating and getting his point across like the social part of it and we've mm-hmm. seen it on those presentations and reveals and stuff like that uh, a lot of people say he's a terrible public speaker just like gary in the in the comments is saying he's yeah he basically is a terrible public speaker but we've expected that and we've we've gotten to get used to him being that way and i think we've we've all at least speaking for myself i've accepted him for who he is right yeah yeah yeah. i mean he comes across as genuine but but you know he's he's not he's not the greatest in that uh in that i mean i've done a lot of public speaking myself in in past lives and i mean it's hard to get up in front of you know hundreds or thousands of people and, and and speak to them um but, you know, I think he does the best he can. And, you know, in some ways, that's why, you know, one of the other things you'll, you'll you know, I've said in the past is, you know, sometimes I think that, you know, Elon needs a, a Tim Cook, you know, not necessarily, he doesn't necessarily need Tim Cook, but he needs that guy, right? Yeah. To, to somehow, think... you know, handle the handle the normal day-to-day business operations so that Elon can go be Elon, right? So uh, I, which, I is, think... which is what Tim Cook did for Steve, right? I mean, Steve was able to be Steve because Tim was, was, was sitting there steering the ship and making sure that they didn't hit any rocks and... Yeah. You know, it would have been much harder if Steve was the only guy doing all of it, right? True. I think I think what Anthony was saying there a little bit was that Elon is a lot like Homer Simpson in a weird way and that he always means well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But anyhow, uh, Dax, how do you pronounce the kid's name? Oh, buddy, don't even go there. <laughs> don't put me on the spot. I think just called him X or something. Yeah. yeah. Last but, week it was it was a funny, funny thing trying to wrap our heads around it last week. So. Well, this would normally be an odd thing to talk about, but because he's you know, just become a dad again for the sixth time, and I know this isn't on the agenda, I'm kind of straying here a little bit, sorry no, about that, Dax, but do you Buddy. have any sense for what it might be like to be one of his kids? Like, do you think he's True. like a dad that's taking his kids fishing, or is he taking, like, the kids to the science museum? Like, what is he doing as, as a dad? Anyone have any, any ideas? 
No, we, we can just speculate, right? Yeah. He's such a busy guy. Yeah, that's that what I'm wondering. You got to wonder. And, you know, and he's been divorced how many times? So I don't, I, and I'm not saying because you're a husband in one role that reflects how you are as a parent. I'm not saying that at all. There's lots of people that do fine in one category but can't do fine in the other category. Yeah, well, so I, I've heard that he's generally it. regarded as a very good father, right? So okay. well, treats, that's excellent. You know, from what I've heard, he treats his kids well. And, and yeah. Well, know, he, he had some but, but father I mean, problems too, just, right? Yeah. Growing up, so, yeah. Okay, um, I was just interested about that. Yeah, no, you know what? Like, I totally, like I was saying earlier, I, I echo what you guys are talking about uh, in terms of how he first, when I first read that tweet on Monday, and I'm like, oh, God, what are you doing? But then as I, and somebody on, on Facebook, a, a close friend of mine out in the East Coast, um, she she posted something last night saying, oh, I hope this guy doesn't screw up things. And I said, and I didn't go on a rant, but I put a, a long little uh, reply in the post saying, you know what? I totally agreed with you when I first saw it, but since then I've done some research. I've done uh, just to educate myself or whatever um, to find out the backstory and the political part of it. And like Paul was saying, that 38-page playbook and how they did it in in China, and they took a lot of cues from that. And so far, knock on wood, China's been fine. As as we as are far told, as we know. As far as well, we they know. Had, actually, they had, they, had, they had a second uh, wave hit uh, Wuhan. Like, no, no, I'm not talking about China itself. I'm talking about yeah, yeah. The, the plant, yeah. right? Um, but mm -hmm. still, like, who knows what comes out of the, the, the plant, right? So we'll assume that everything's fine at the plant in uh, uh, Giga Shanghai, is it? Hmm. So we'll assume that. And with the playbook and the political posturing coming from all different parts of the I guess, levels of government. And basically, I don't know if you guys read this or found out about this, that it was basically one or two entities or individuals that were holding up this whole thing. So you got to wonder if they had an agenda of some sort. And I'm not getting, don't get me wrong, I don't want to get into, and I, I want to move on to the other topic in, in a little bit anyway, so I don't want to uh, prolong this, but and I don't obviously want to get into a conspiracy theory of sorts or anything like that. But we all know, and there's no doubt about anyone listening to this, anyone on a, on a panel, we all know that Tesla has had a hard uphill battle from the beginning of this. There's, there's so many people wanting to see Tesla fail that, you know, I mean, I could see, I, I, I take what I read at face value, knowing that the other uh, manufacturing, automotive manufacturing plants, uh, what is it, in, in Michigan? or all across the country down in the States there have opened and they're up and running and Tesla's the last one to do it. Like, come on, there's, yeah, there's yeah, gotta be the, something. They're there. the only one in California, right? So they're the, like only the, one the, the, the impression I get is that it's just government people being government people more than anything else. They're just being slow because they don't, they don't, it's not, they don't share his sense of urgency. It's just, they don't have it. Right. So for yeah. Elon, this is a big deal because every day represents, you know, lost revenue, lost productivity, whatever, but you know, if you're some government, you know, whatever, you know, schlep, you know, I mean, you're, 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 you may not necessarily share that sense of urgency that he has. So, you know, if, if it takes you a week to get something done, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, it'll be done when it's done, you know, whereas the people who are waiting for you to do that thing are like sitting there, you know, gnawing on their finger, you know, they're already going like, what's, what's going on here, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you know, you know me, I've, I've worked in, in the public sector and it's uh, a bit of a different animal, right? Yeah. Do you, do you think that the urgency 
for Elon is about getting back to the mission or just simply getting back to production and sales so that he can continue to fund the mission. And it may be a topic for another podcast. Dax is probably take us way off on, on you know, another path is whether or not the mission is still something that he believes in. Yeah, I think it, I mean, to me, I think I it's, it's probably agree. a bit of everything, right? But I mean, I guess I, you know, if you look at you know, the way we described Elon, I mean, if you're somebody like Elon having to deal with, you know, the, you know, what, you know, the government, right? You know, I mean, it probably drives him nuts, right? So, you know, if, if he's sitting there going, okay, well, we have a plan, so let's get going here. And the government guy's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, we'll get back to you on Tuesday, you know, and it's like Thursday. He's like, <laughs> yeah. well, what, what do you mean? Like, it's like Tuesday six, of next year. You know, yeah, like we're, you know, you're getting a maybe with wait five, six days for you to get back to me on, like, why can't, why can't we just do it now, right? Yeah, uh, you know, and I, I, I suspect there's probably a lot of that there where, you know, he's saying, okay, well, like, you know, chop, chop, let's go here. And, and you know, the, the government guys are like, yeah, okay, well, you know, it's Friday after three. So, uh, you know, you know, and Monday's a holiday, you know, even, even, even they're all working from home, uh, you know, so we'll get back to you on Tuesday, you know, and I, that must just drive me absolutely insane. Exactly. Well, like I said, and, and like Paul said, we can have a whole dedicated show to this and a separate topic about just that one tweet and what we've learned from it and what our opinions are on it. Uh, but, you know... But we, we should move on. We should move on. And, and that's and it's a good segue. Because I actually like this next subject, so... Yeah. Well, you know what? I meant to bring this up last week because, uh, as you can see, if you see it on the screen there, uh, this is from May 3rd. So it's, it's a little old, but when I say old, it's not current, current from like this week type of thing. But... This is a tweet from our friend at Green the Only on Twitter. He also goes by Green. He's one of those white hackers. And uh, thanks to him, I mean... White he, hat, not white. Sorry, white hat yeah. hackers. Did I say There's white? a white guy in his basement. <laughs> I don't even know what he is, but you're right. Yeah. I stand corrected. A white hat hacker. <laughs> maybe, maybe... Well, we know he's not a black hat hacker. Hopefully. And, and, and if anyone... After Next. that joke, yeah. After that joke is done, <laughs> if anyone on. doesn't know what a white hack ha hacker is, it's, I almost did it again. It's a person, and maybe you guys correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm uh, articulating this wrong. And this is why we probably need Ryan on the show. It's someone that hacks, but in a good moral way for the benefit of everyone else, as opposed to a black hat hacker is more malicious, more um, you know, negative things in mind when they hack why don't we just yeah, call yeah, him an ethical of, yeah. hacker and be done yeah with more, yeah more or less like a white hat is the kind of guy <laughs> where if he comes across a security vulnerability or or whatever he'll he'll normally notify the companies and uh, you know give them give them time to to rectify the problem and issue patches before he actually goes public with it yes. or uh, whereas a black hat if they were to identify a security vulnerability they might just keep it to themselves and use it for you know, yes. personal gain or or whatever right Okay, we haven't even got to, to what the tweet is. We're just they're de defining it. But thanks for elaborating on, on what I said there because you know better than I do, Anthony. So back on May 3rd, Green put out this tweet on Twitter saying, Bad News Sunday. I guess it was, May 3rd must have been a Sunday. I haven't been keeping track. If you had an infotainment computer in your Tesla replaced, your Model 3 FSD upgrade, uh, MCU 2 retrofit, or MCU 1 EMMMC fix or any other of those fix requiring a computer swap, consider all your accounts you logged into from that car's computer and uh, compromised and change your passwords. When I read this, I was like, holy, as Paul would say. Yeah. Yes. Bullshit? Yes. 
Yeah, bo- bo- <laughs> holy Felger curb. Is yeah. that German or Russian? <laughs> I have no idea what it is. I just heard it on a show one time. <laughs> so I think frack is the appropriate term. <laughs> so, but you know this, what? Did this? Uh, go ahead, Paul. So, so Dex. I mean, there's lots of precedent for this. I'm really surprised that nobody was in front of this at Tesla. But remember back in the day, you know, just a couple of years ago. Is that back in the day? Maybe yeah. it is. But yeah. with trade-in smartphones, we're having the same problem, right? You, you trade your phone in at Best Buy or something like that, and Best Buy resells it to somebody else, and all of a sudden they somebody has your uh, you know, nude photographs. Um, <laughs> assuming you keep that kind of thing on your phone. Um, but anyhow, put a disclaimer yeah, on there, Paul. <laughs> exactly. There's no secret that you know, as, you know, computers store data, and that data needs to be cleansed in the event that the... The vehicle in this case goes in for service and gets an upgrade or something like that. But the lesson here is that the consumer has some level of control. Uh, you should have two-factor authentication. Uh, people, if you don't have that on your accounts, you should put, a, put that on your accounts because even if something like this happens, people won't be able to get into your account because they don't have that second piece of information that's needed to log in. True. So, Unfortunately, a lot of the stuff in the card doesn't support yes. two-factor. So like Netflix doesn't do two-factor and... Yeah, YouTube, YouTube do does, but no, not Fires. yet. I, don't like, I guess the, the, the concern <laughs> I had about this, and I, I, like, as you know, Dax, I worked in, in IT for most of my career, and in, in, uh, I was in healthcare, so data security is, is a major concern because obviously patient health information is one of those things where you absolutely do not want that getting out in the public or else. You and just, it happens all the, the time. The, the big stick is going to come down hard. <laughs> Um, but you know, to be honest with you, when I was looking at it, I said, you know, someone, someone has dropped the ball here because, you know, I mean, just if you read through the story and I mean, I, I have a few, I actually know two, two people who have ordered, um, computers from eBay that came out of Tesla dumpsters. Right. So, you know, my first opinion is, okay, A, if they're in dumpsters, I really hope that these are e-waste dumpsters and not just like regular, like let's haul it off to the, the, the garbage dump dumpsters because that would really suck especially with Tesla having such environmental uh, creds, you know, to, so I'm, I'm certainly hoping that these are in fact e-waste dumpsters that these people are going into. But to me, the biggest concern is, okay, so you've got people who are selling these things online who presumably are not employees of Tesla. So the, the question is, where were they getting these things from? So if, if it's just like some dumpster in a back alley outside a service center and this stuff's just getting dumped in there and then the public can hop a fence and get it, I mean, that's bad, right? Um, you know, this, this should absolutely not be in a, in a place at all, whether it's going to a landfill or going to e-waste uh, for recycling, where the public can get access to it because, you know, these computers have, it, like it sounds like basically what they're doing is just pulling the computer out of the car, you know, as is and chucking it in the dumpster. I mean, maybe they hit it with a hammer a couple of times to, to, to you know, break it or whatever. But, you know, the, these things are going in there with, with personal data on them and to me that is completely unacceptable if if this is at the very least they should be going to the customer saying hey you know can you please log out of you know spotify and netflix and youtube and whatever else see but But i'd be less doesn't matter yeah but i'd be less before before you take it out right i'd be less concerned though about you know netflix and spotify um than i would be about your google account for example Right, yeah, and to me, it's just the it's the principle of the thing, right? It's not a question of what it yeah. is. I mean, like it's not like you know. I mean, what's the worst case? Like somebody might be able to watch Netflix, you know. If but and again, there's nothing to say that they can necessarily get your credential. Well, right? you know, but, I wouldn't want anyone to know that I watched Yentl last night. Okay, but. Well, yeah, there's that. You know, 
but but to me to me it's the principle it's just the fact that you know this these things are they're ending up in a, a, a dumpster where you know just random people can you know get them right and yeah. then these things are ending up on ebay and to me that that is 100 unacceptable right i mean it's one thing if they're ending up on ebay you know i mean that's 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 an issue that the tester really needs to, to look into but they're ending up on ebay with customer data still on them. I mean, that's even worse. Right? Well, here, yeah, so. here, here's the thing. Paul, just I sent you a quick uh, private message here. Oh. Um, but also, what I'm thinking, there, okay, there's three problems here that I see. First problem is how, like you said, log out, the, the Tesla tech telling you to log out. That can't, that, that shouldn't make a difference or probably won't make a difference in if you listen to what Green is saying because he says, some of the passwords are in, aren't encrypted, aren't uh, hashtagged or, or whatever the term is. They're just really open, just in plain, in a plain open, in, in a code there. So I don't know if logging out would have made a, a difference. Yeah, well, but, I mean, they should be discarded if you log out, right? So, yeah, hopefully. Okay, so that's problem one. Problem two is, yeah, they're getting into the hands of people like, yeah, what is their recycling? Lost yeah. your audio, Dax. My audio? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you, you can yeah, hear me? I can hear you. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe yeah. Anthony just... Yeah. Uh, the, prob the problem number two is that I see is like, yeah, what is their... Like, how do they go about? What, what is their uh, customary uh, protocol or procedure of how they go about doing these uh, recycling? And like, yeah, how are they getting into the hands of, of these people? Uh, you know, I mean, the third one, I can't even... I forget what the third point that I have but there's basically two or three things that they're dropping the ball on here and you're right it, it is completely unacceptable that, that they're doing well, this I think back in the day I keep saying back in the day but uh, you know when you had spinning discs with magnets and stuff like that you could drill it uh, there were ways to use magnets to demagnetize uh, with the solid state stuff and I don't know Anthony if you know the answer to this question but um, does that make it harder for in these situations to wipe uh, data that might be on a solid state chip. Yeah, sorry, I actually lost audio for about a minute there, so I only, I only, it only came back when Dax had that uh, that message pop up on the screen. So I'm not sure what's oh. going on there, but okay. But uh, yes, yeah, so I actually didn't hear what you were talking about. No, I was just I was just saying like back in the day with the magnetic, sorry, with the uh, the drives that you know were on spindles with mag magnetic yeah. uh, discs, all that kind of stuff. You could drill them. You could uh demagnetize or magnetize them or whatever uh but with the solid state stuff right what is the equivalent uh to quickly zap um the the memory uh yeah i'm not, not entirely sure i mean i know that part of the part of the deal was zapping the well i mean it depends what you're using to zap right i mean like in the old days it was you know kind of you know put, put the hard drives near big magnets and it would totally totally wreck the wreck the heads and the platters and, and blow away all the data but I think that these days, I mean, you, you can basically zap the circuit boards, you know, like electrically, um, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, then that'll essentially fry it, right? Yeah. Um, so it's not it's not quite the same as you know using a using a magnet to wipe a hard drive, but I think you can kind of you can achieve the same end result by essentially, you know, well, yeah, in, in the chat, zap, zapping the board so it's just dead, right? Yeah, in, in the chat room, um, that's what Hockey Day is saying. He's saying zap the boards. And yeah, that's what they did at work, and uh, nerds yeah, for so, hire. So to me, it's just yeah. So to me, it's just one of these things where you know, some someone's dropped the ball, and you know, if if the 
process as it stands today, or at least as of the day of that tweet. Was you know, customer comes in to get a hardware three upgrade. We pull the board. We, you know, hit it a couple of times with a, with a sledgehammer to, you know, render it inoperable, which obviously is not happening. You know, and then we chuck it in the e-waste dumpster out back. Uh, you know, that, that's that's not good, right? Because, you know, it, it's obviously not not working well because you know these things are showing up on eBay, right? And I mean, they shouldn't be showing up on eBay. Um, you know, because that means that, you know, because again, it's not like some tech, you know, decided to steal one and throw it up on eBay. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you hear stories, but some people just jump on the fence and, you know, dumpster diving to find these things, right? Well, so there should be a process and there should be a certificate of destruction. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, yeah, that, I, I had a conversation with, uh, with, with uh, Franklin or Mother Frunker about this, I think it was last week, where, you know, I said, you know, when I, when I worked in healthcare, you know, we, we had a process where, you know, I mean, I wasn't directly involved with the storage side, but I knew the guys who looked after that. And I mean, we had these massive storage area, you know, storage area networks that had, you know, thousands of drives in them. And, you know, these drives would need to be pulled out at the end of their lifespan and, and, and destroyed. And we had a third party vendor that we used where these drives would be sent to them and they would be physically destroyed. It wasn't just like, you know, wave a magnet at it and chuck it in a box. I mean, they physically yeah. destroy these things. And for every single drive that we sent them, we got a certificate back saying that the drive had been had been properly destroyed. Now, now of course, I mean, they could lie, you know, or people go, well, maybe they're just lying. You know, I mean, but the problem is there's consequences to that, you know, because now you're lying to, you know, a government entity. And government entities who find out that you're lying to them tend to get agitated. Um, so most companies won't risk that, right? They won't risk the business. Um, so it's, it's the same kind of thing where, you know, they should be, I mean, if they're going to an e-waste recycler to be disassembled, which I hope they would be, um, and, you know, have either components reused or melted down or whatever. Well, obviously they're that, not going there. Yeah, well, I mean, wh wherever they're going before they go there. So, like, if they're going in a dumpster, the dumpster should be inside the building, right? It should More not secure. be outside where the public has access to it. And once the stuff gets sent to the e-waste recycler and they deal with it there, then, you know, there should be some guy, they should be getting something back saying, yeah, we've, we've destroyed this. But of course that, that assumes that there's data there. If it's just a computer chip, if it's just a board, nobody cares about the board, right? I mean, if I pull the motherboard out of my computer and send it off to an e-waste recycler, I don't ask them to give me a certificate saying, yeah, you destroyed my motherboard. But if, if I'm handing you something with data on it, where, you know, that data hasn't been removed, then, you know, yeah, you need to take steps to protect the the chain of custody so to speak of that data until the the components that are hosting that data are no longer in an operable state or or whatever right um so to, to me this is a, a major um you know private privacy issue even though the data in question may not be necessarily personal right? certainly no but it, you know but if, if you like if, if you took the board out of my car and you know it wasn't really broken and now you've got my board. I mean, you know, so you've got access to my, my Spotify account in theory. You've got access to my music music listening history. Okay, we, we, um, we got, you know, yeah, and I hear you. Like, we, we got to move all, on. All sorts of stuff, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> my, I hate to cut you off, Anthony. We can, That's like okay. I said, once again, this is another topic that we can go on for a while. Um, just one more point, then we're going to move on. I'm going to ask you a quick question, then we're going to move on. Uh, like Paul said, when he first was talking about it, they used to do this with cell phones and and people's information got leaked on cell phones. Problem with this is this is your Tesla login. People can take control of your car with this. That's, mm -hmm. I think, the big problem. But my question to you guys before we move on to the next topic is since this article came out, because I know, okay, sorry, I know Paul. I'm not 100% sure about you, Anthony. Did you have the upgrade? You had the upgrade, right? No, I haven't got it done yet. No? Okay. Well, you're safe then. So this question only applies to Paul. 
Paul, have you changed your passwords since this information has come to light? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Neither not, have I. You know, like, like <laughs> I, honestly, I, I don't think, I'm not sure what data is actually contained there, right? So is there um, a plain text kind of uh, record of my Tesla ID and my Tesla password? I don't know it, if you've apparently heard. There apparently, yes, apparently there is. Apparently there is, yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. well, it, I'm going to go. There's more Hold to it. Hold on a second. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> Do it after the podcast. <laughs> um, just check so to see you if your car is still there. Yeah, is your car still there? Is your car still yeah. there, or have I taken control yeah. of your car? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think <laughs> I, I do think it's important to say that. I mean, people can't use their Tesla credentials to steal your car, right? I mean, you know, worst case, somebody could maybe pop your trunk or your frunk. They could, open, you know, vent the windows. They could unlock the doors. But you know, you, you can't just, you know, give somebody. You can't give somebody the remote ability to drive the car away. Like it's, I think it's, you can, can't you? Well, <laughs> no, you, no, you, I no, can you start gotta, the car. No, you, yeah, yeah, but you got to punch in, Pat. You need passwords for that. Well, that's um, the pass. It's your Tesla password, is it not? Well, I guess it's a question of whether they. Well, it could, but it's not the password. It's a, it's, it's a hash, right? So, I mean, you got to remember that when they. Tesla uses um, tokens essentially for authentication. So when, anytime you use an app or log into your Tesla account, you're basically generating a, a, an OAuth token um, that is then used to perform further authentication. So you know whether you're using an app like Stats or using a service like Teslafy or whatever, that those login credentials are used essentially to generate this token, okay. and then the token is used going forward. So the credentials, in theory shouldn't necessarily be there anymore because these these tokens are self-renewing but through the use of that token you could do stuff to the car right but you don't know what the password is so you can only you can't perform functions that require you to re to re-authenticate well maybe, maybe that's um, my fault because in in the article that when um green had posted it it was a Inside EVs article, and it explained more into in depth, and I didn't really elaborate on it. I just basically concentrated on the headline and what the tweet actually said. But in the article, it talks about what passwords are actually out in the open and stuff like that. And it made it sound that your Tesla password, if you had logged into your Tesla account in the browser, your Tesla yeah, account password. Okay, then you should be fine. Don't yeah. go anywhere. Stay okay, where you yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, well, yeah, the browser's I a bit have. different, right? So. Yes, yes. But we're going to move on. We're going to move on from that because we've got a few more topics we, we want to get to or newsworthy. But you know what? Let's take a break quickly right now. And there's someone in the chat room. His name is Leo Soul. He asked a question. Maybe we can uh, hammer this question out for Leo before we move on, guys. He says, hey, guys, just got my Model 3 two weeks ago. Congratulations, Leo, on your Model 3. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, and he's worried about rust. Should or can he undercoat it? Uh, he was wondering, is it a safe thing? He lives in Canada just like the three of us. Uh, salt land during the winter is what he's saying. I, I don't doesn't say exactly where you live, Leo. Maybe you can uh, elaborate. I, I know certain parts of Canada are worse than than um, others. But what do you guys think? What, what's your opinion on well, rust proofing? Can I start here? You can start. Yeah. <laughs> I, I well, first of all, uh, Leo, thank you for your question. And uh, Dax isn't letting me actually reply, so I did see you uh, ask that there. But uh, Dax is a bit of a control freak, so no. Um, you mean reply to the tweet? I yeah, mean, I can't, uh, I can't reply to the live comments. No, apparently no. that's just a, a limitation of Streamyard. Oh, if okay. you wanted to reply, you could yeah. go to the live YouTube part. Oh, I see. Go through there. Okay. Yeah. 
So you're not a control freak. Okay. No, not me at all. Um, I, I don't undercoat my car. I, I don't get PPF. I, I, I don't do any of those things. And maybe I'm just a lucky guy. I you're don't know. You're a fool. But I have no... <laughs> you know, for the last 20 years, I don't think I've ever had rust on any one of my cars. Um, that's just my experience. And, uh, you know, I guess I was uh, <laughs> raised to believe that, uh, you know, those things are just you know, made to suck money out of your wallet. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I think my, I mean, I, I haven't done it either. I mean, the last time I had a car rust-proof was probably a 1986 Honda Civic that I owned when I was like 20 well, years old. you needed it back then. Um, those back yeah, then, yeah. Hondas were terrible. It's, it's, actually, it's actually interesting because this is some time ago now, but I think I read an article somewhere that was talking about whether this stuff is really necessary in, in today's age, right? And the, the answer seemed to be no because... The, uh, the the metal bodies of the vehicles are anodized so much now that it's it's much harder for rust to really get hold. Um, but again, I mean, I'm not a mechanic. I don't really know these things for a fact. But, you know, I haven't rust-proofed any vehicle I've owned in the past 30 years. And I've never had any problems with, with rust. Now, that said, I haven't kept the vehicles for more than about five years at a time. So I think a lot of it really depends on how long you're planning on keeping it. If this is going to be your you know, 15 year car, then, you know, maybe, maybe you might want to ask a mechanic that you trust, not necessarily one who does this type of work, but just ask a mechanic, like, does this really matter? Because mechanics are going to see the cars, right? And they're going to know whether there's rust on them, whether they're, you know, uh, rust proofed or not. Yeah. Don't go to, don't go to rust and say, Hey, should I do this? Cause they're going to say <laughs> yes, right? That's their business. Um, yeah. You know, but, but, but Leo, uh, Leo does make a good point here about, there has been news reports about some, paint issues, exposed metal. Does that change your mind on on this topic at all? No, you know what? I mean, here's the thing. I agree with the concern. By the way, Leo's from Ottawa, if anyone's wondering, and they get a lot of snow up there. And yeah, I see what you mean by the, the salt comment. But you know what? I mean, I think the key is exactly what Anthony said, that Back in the day, like 30 years ago, the cars that came out, we were all concerned about it. We all grew up here in Great White North, and we saw it. We saw cars that, you know, rusted apart in front of our eyes. Today's cars are completely different. Uh, the Tesla, with it being a mixture of aluminum and, and uh, steel, changes things completely. I personally, to answer your question, I haven't. I've had my car for two years. Last time I had it up on the hoist, uh, on the H-hoist, as I got my tires done, there was no problem. I did a quick little video. That was the first year, but the second year I didn't do a video. And there's no problems, no rust or anything like that. Now, with that said, Quebec has a different issue in itself. They've got sand and they've got the, like sandblasting issues with the uh, cars that don't have fenders or not fenders, uh, wheel uh, mud guards and stuff like that. That's a different issue altogether. And the paint issues, that's a different issue altogether. I don't think the paint, and I know the paint's supposed to protect the, the car and the metal and the exposure and stuff like that. But personally, and I'm no expert, don't take, uh, neither of these guys are experts either. So please don't take any of our uh, advice as professional, only as experience. It's anecdotal. Yeah, it's an experience. We've all had our cars for roughly about two years. So yeah. we can say, and we, we see our car, we take good care of our car and stuff like that. Just because Paul says he doesn't PPF, he doesn't rust, that doesn't mean he doesn't take care of his car. He's very immaculate with his car and he, he cares for it a lot. So he takes care of it and we all monitor the car. And in two years, and, and without giving away Paul's 
postal code or anything. He lives in a snowbelt area, so he, <laughs> yeah. he sees a lot of snow. And he hasn't had any problems, from what I've understood, from from, yeah. from snow. Yeah, and also, rust piercing also tends to focus uh, a lot of times, like, on sort of interior surfaces, like inside the doors and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you're having problems with paint on, you know, rocker panels or something, which, I mean, and again, we've all heard stories about paint paint issues, and I, I tend to think with Tesla, these probably get a little bit more noticed than other brands. Um, but, you know, if, if, if you're having, if you have, you know, what, paint problems on the rocker panels, the best thing you probably do is put some PPF down there. Um, you know, it's not like you go to Rust-Oleum and start spraying the outside of your car, right? Um, so, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's more a question of, you know, if there's an issue in a particular area of the vehicle, you have to ask yourself whether rust-proofing would have any effect on that. And yeah. if it's an exterior surface, the answer is probably no, right? Hockey Day comments and adds a good point. Just don't drill the body. <laughs> and I think that's safe. I think we all agree on that. That's a safe thing. Yeah, and definitely say. don't drill anywhere near the battery pack. Um, which, well, is, wow, yeah. which is the entire underside of the vehicle. So it could be good for the Fourth of July uh, fireworks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but well, I think those are going to be uh, more be having those this year. <laughs> yeah, all, all jokes aside. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you know, I hope we were able to answer your question a little bit, Leo. Like I said, not a professional answer, but like Paul said, anecdotal because we've lived with the car uh, for probably about two years here, here or there, take take or give or take a little bit, and we've experienced two full winters whether you want to say it's been a mild winter this year compared to last year whatever i mean let's not get into debates about uh you know volumes of winter and volumes of snow we've experienced winter we do get a lot of salt here in southern ontario laid down on the road whether it's going to snow or not uh these the province and the municipalities they get their shipments of salt in advance at the beginning of the year Trust me, they throw it down whether they need to or not because they want to empty those silos come <laughs> March or April. <laughs> so they throw enough so snow and so snow, uh, salt and sand down on the roads as, as they feel like it. We're going to move on to the next topic. Thanks for that question. If anyone in, in the um, chat has a question like Leo, hey, that's what we're here for. Just uh, uh, throw it at us and we'll do our best to answer. But, oh, he said thanks. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, where are we going? Okay, we're going to, um, let me see if I can pull it up here, the next topic. Now, when I saw this, and I don't know if you guys saw this, this is from uh, Clean Technica. Uh, they talked about the Tesla Model 3 value in the first year of ownership compared to, and of course they compared it to a BMW 3 Series because that's the closest comparison. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes, to it makes total sense. Anyways, the value in the first year of a Model 3 dropped 5.5 percent do you want to know what if for people that aren't listening or aren't watching you and listening at home do you want to know what a bmw 3 series dropped take a wild guess pause this podcast right now take a wild guess and then uh pr press resume it dropped 38 percent in one year and this is a bmw this is a a vehicle in my opinion correct me if i'm wrong guys that holds its value it holds its value pretty well any comments about that, guys? Like, in terms of, did, were you shocked by that number? Mm, no, I wouldn't say shocked. I mean, I, I I think there's this whole perception of vehicles holding their value, but I think that has a great deal to do with with you know whether it's bought or leased or financed and you know what the model and everything else. I mean, you know, BMWs tend to be cars that. In, I mean, I, I actually own one, an X5, uh, about uh, about ten years ago. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it it definitely 
I actually bought it used, so I had bought a, uh, I think I bought an 18-month-old X5. And yeah, it was probably, uh, I think it was about, they're asking about $30,000 less than the, uh, the, the what it sold for uh, after 18 months. Um, you know, and, and that was, I think yeah, that was about a $85,000 vehicle um, at the time. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was down in the 50s, right, after yeah. 18 months. So, you know, I don't. You know, to me, this—I I never really give any thought to resale value of cars. Like, you know, when I buy a car, it's like, okay, I'm going to buy a car, whatever it may be, and that's the car I, I buy based on whatever decision-making criteria I have at the time. So, I never really give any thought to what it's going to be worth three years or five years from now, because to me, that's kind of irrelevant. You know, um, I know people seem to focus on this a great deal, and I don't know, maybe there's this whole market of people out there who buy cars and then sell them after 18 months, but. Um, I don't know. It's, it's true. Eighteen months is probably not. I mean, it's a good benchmark, but you're right. Is it is it realistic? What's your opinion, Paul? I, I well, first of all, I mean, I'm I'm a little skeptical, <laughs> as usual, about the five point five percent. You know, I know that, like for example, a lot of the early uh, buyers of Model Three, there was a series of price drops, uh, particularly for the performance model. I don't know if you remember that about a year or so ago. Uh, so, I mean, does that take this into account? Um, I, I'm still very surprised. It's a very low number. It's almost like practically nothing uh, in terms of depreciation. Now, I know there are a little bit different uh, Teslas in terms of you know full self-driving, if you have that package, and um, how long that they can potentially last versus, versus an ICE vehicle. Uh, but I, I don't know if that's a real-world number. Um, I suspect that it's probably um, not. Uh, you know, I'd have to probably study it a little bit further, but I think it is something that's important to a lot of people um, who either may need to sell their car for whatever reason. Uh, I mean, now's a great example, right? So if you um, aren't working because of COVID and, you know, that really sucks. And I, you know, certainly apologize to anyone out there who's in that situation. It's not a good situation, but you might need to sell your car. So I do think it's relevant that there are occasions to do this and resale um, value is, is important. Um, I think Teslas are probably going to outperform ICE, but I'm not sure it's by that much. Yeah, I think also like, the article doesn't really talk, in, in certainly in relation to that particular chart, they don't really talk about which model of Model 3 we're talking about because like I've seen some anecdotal evidence that suggests that the resale value of, of some of the Model 3s, especially the long-range rear, rear wheel variant, which is no longer available, um, or certainly not, not available in North America anyway, um, tends to actually get really impressive, uh, you know, resale prices, I think. Uh, some, Range some, is king. Yeah, some, somebody shared a video, I can't remember if it was Udax, this is several months ago now, but it was actually of an auction in Toronto um, where, you know, it was, it was a, a long range rear wheel drive. And I think it went at vehicle, this is a vehicle auction. So this is selling to the people who are going to sell the car. Right. And it was it like almost, I think it was like $58,000 or something. Um, wow. which is pretty impressive considering that that vehicle at the time that it came out in Canada was about 65, I think. Yeah. Um, so it was only like a $7,000 price drop after a year and a bit. Um, you know, maybe that, that's what, where this five and a half percent. You know, came the, from. the question is like, you know, which model three we're talking about, like, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think sure. in general, there's there's a I think there's a market for them, maybe more so than others, because 
you know, maybe it's one of those things where, you know, people say, well, you know, if I buy a used one, I'll save myself, you know, five or $10,000 and, well, you know. That's what Mark Lindsay is saying in the comments. He's saying high demand keeps resale high. Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I'm not saying that the Model 3 is, is going to be uh, not performing uh, better than an ICE vehicle or, you know, against, against something like a, a BMW Model 3 or what are they called again? BMW Series 3? I don't know. Three stars, uh, yeah. Series three, yeah. Uh, I think it's going to outperform. I, I just, you know, this seems like a crazy number to me. And uh, I do have some experience. It's a little bit different. Uh, I went to, tr we were going to trade in our Model X for a Model Y. And we have a 2017 Model X. Uh, it only has like, I don't know, 55,000 kilometers on it. Uh, practically no miles. <laughs> and uh, the retail value of that car was uh, you know approximately 120,000 Canadian, and Tesla offered us 52,000 or something for it. So, wow. um, yeah, I mean that could be just Tesla being smart, you know, turn around and resell it for more and make a nice little profit, or they have no interest in in dealing with used cars, so they just auction they it off. That's uh, but but still, I mean that that's uh, that's my experience where I was really surprised to um, have Tesla offer me like less than 50%. <laughs> wow. yeah, I think after all, after I think, two years. Yeah, I think also with BMW specifically, and this is a sort of baseline anecdotal evidence that I've, I've seen, is that a lot of a lot of people that drive BMWs are, uh, are leasing them, right? Um, like I know a lot of people who, who drive True. leased BMWs and like you know, they're getting the new car. Yeah, like the guy across the street. You should, um, you should send, send this uh, chart to him. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't... Well, but the thing is, like, if, if you're leasing the car, then you really don't care because... Yeah, you know, you're you're just you're paying X number of dollars a month to get a you know whatever variant of BMW you want for you know, and a lot of these leases are like twelve to twenty four months in the BMW space. Yeah. Um. So I you know like so I mean if you're getting a new BMW every two or three years, you know all all you really care about is which car and how what's my lease payment. You don't care about resale value. Right? You don't care. Yeah. Um. So you know, but but then BMW has to sell that car, right? And they've already gotten a good chunk of money out of the person who's leasing it, right? Because I mean, the leases are not cheap on those cars. Because I, I looked into it before before I started seriously thinking about the Model Three. So this would have probably been around the twenty seventeen time range time frame, I guess, um, or when I don't know how long ago it was now. But you know, I was looking into you know like go oh, you know, what if I got like a you know four series or something, and I mean, that thing was freaking expensive. You know, by the time you throw in you know the the multiple you know seven thousand dollar option packs that all stack on top of each other, you know, just just to get a heated seat or something. Um, you know, you're looking like a, you know, 70, 70 or $80,000 vehicle. And, you know, to get that on a, on a lease, you know, you know, you're, you're paying like, you know, 1500 bucks a month to, you know, 1800 bucks a month for this thing. So, I mean, they're, they're raking in the cash off people leasing these things, you know, especially on business leases and corporate cars and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And, and so, I mean, I, I, I tend to think that part of this is probably the fact that in order for them to to sell these things as certified pre-owned, you know, they, they got to knock the price down. Right. I mean, cause even, they, they if, even, even when you knock it off, I mean, yeah. if you're looking at like a three series, nicely optioned in Canada is probably going to run you in the mid, mid sixties at least. Right. Um, so if you're knocking 20 grand off that, it's still a $45,000 car. Right. So, you know, you, you, you really have to, you know, you, I just think they got to knock, drop the price more just to get people to buy them once they're coming back off lease and stuff like that, right? I, I agree. Uh, Let me just go through the uh, the chart here for people at home that, are, that aren't watching that are listening. Uh, it's the IC cars, best cars to buy and new and used. Okay, so just the ranking. Number one is Tesla Model 3 at 5.5%. Uh, 
uh, and this is how much you're losing. Number two, surprisingly, and uh, we won't get into why, but surprisingly, it's a, I find it surprisingly, a Ford Ranger at 11.4%. Number three is a Chevrolet Traverse at 11.7%. Number four is a good old Honda Civic hatchback, 11.9%. So all pretty close within half a percent between two and four. And the last one is a Honda Fit, also surprisingly at 12.5%. So those are the top five. But in this article, and I, I was perusing it as you were talking, Anthony, to see if I could find out what model or what trim level of the Model 3. And I couldn't find it. It may be in here. This just goes to show you how well prepared I am for these topics. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, I... later on they mentioned the SR Plus, but that's in a cost of ownership uh, okay, analysis. Yeah. So. I was going to say, yeah, this, this is what I found. I found a, a Tesla Model 3 versus an Audi A4 cost of ownership and also against a BMW 330i. And after five years cost of ownership, I mean, the the Model 3, and it's a standard range, keep in mind, comes in at 318 and I'm assuming these are American US prices. dollars. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Audi comes in at 43.4, and the BMW 3 Series comes in at uh, almost 51,000. So that's, you know, I mean, I didn't bring it up for the cost of ownership part of it. I brought it up for the uh, resale. But, you know, you guys are, you guys both bring up good points in terms of uh, how it is. Like I said, like how Paul said, you know, for none of us here are in the, uh, market of selling our cars uh, anytime soon so we don't really care about the resale value but it's good to know because life throws you curveballs sometimes right just like this pandemic and sometimes you're in a position where you may have to so heaven forbid you do but if you have to that's where the resale value comes in you may not have uh, anticipated it or wanted or planned for it but sometimes you got to do it let's move on to our next you know what i was going to say let's move on to our next topic but we have another question from uh, one of the listeners, and I'm throwing this, it's funny because these guys on the panel have no idea, I mean, I, we have a little uh, guidelines, a little game plan of, of topics that we're going to go, but when I sort of go off script and I go onto these uh, questions, I throw, sort of throw them for a loop, so I apologize, guys. But Mojito, I hope I'm getting your name right, Mojito5606 asks, how are your door seal? I had mine for a year, and it seems like the door seals uh, does not make full contact uh, on the glass as it originally did. Is that up, have... at the, up at the top of the window? or I, I, I'm guessing when I thought originally he meant the door seals around the whole entire door, but then further down into the question, it talked about uh, around the contact around the glass. So, yeah, maybe he's talking about the glass. Yeah, no, mine's still pretty tight. Yeah, pretty I haven't tight had seal. mine. Yeah. Yeah, no, my, mine's been fine. Um, now, I know some people, not really the door seals in terms of uh, making full contact and, and, you know, any kind of rubber seal in the winter, if you're talking about in the winter mojito, uh, that may be an issue because rubber isn't as flexible and malleable in the winter like any anything is in, in, in colder weather than it is in, a, in the warmth of the summer and stuff like that. So maybe that may be an issue if maybe that's what you're talking about. Uh, but... If you're talking about door seals in terms of wind noise, I know a lot of people, I think Franklin did one. Uh, I have a set for Ryan that was given to me to give to Ryan that I've had for about six months and he was just asking me about it a couple days ago. I, I thought I lost it, but I found it. That I have to give to him. Uh, and those are door seals, aftermarket door seals that you can put on uh, to, I think you did, a, you did a video too, did you not, Paul? Door no, seals? I haven't, I haven't or, done that, but I do, I do have I a wind noise issue. You do? 
Yeah. Did you, did you do the the door seals, Anthony? I thought some. Uh, no, no, I haven't okay, done sorry, any I'm, of that. I'm missing. I thought one of you guys did did a video about the door seals, but there's. I think a couple Franklin. Made, I think Franklin did. Maybe, maybe Franklin did it. Yeah, I know you're right. It was Franklin. I'm thinking. I'm sorry. I apologize to mix you guys up, but apparently it makes a difference for the sound uh, and the kind of yeah the wind issue. What, what's your wind issue, Paul? Well, it's it's not it's not wind getting into the car. It's just. Um, road noise right i mean uh my just like yours dax is a very early model like uh, in terms of the build the production date on it and uh, the vin yeah. like twenty nine thousand xx which in canada is a pretty fresh <laughs> oh yeah uh, vehicle the paint um, wasn't dry the paint wasn't dry but uh yeah i mean when you're driving down the road like down the freeway you know i have to really do miracles in in final cut pro to get the audio so that you know people aren't going to complain about all the wind noise or the road noise coming from my car it's pretty loud and i don't know if if anyone else in the comments has a model 3 and wants to chime in on whether or not they've experienced um you know a lot of road noise and in, in their model three i'd be interested to know that how about yeah. you too the only time i notice more wind noise or road noise in my car is in the winter time when i have the winter tires on uh, other than that that does make got, a difference yeah. yeah and i've just got some new tires that i just got new summers that aren't the stock michelins that came with the car with the foam in the middle, in, in the inside the, the tire. And I yeah. haven't noticed any difference in terms of wind noise, in terms of or road noise. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think with EVs, I mean, I don't know, like I've driven quite a number of cars in my life because I'm like old. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, I think it's more noticeable in the Model 3 because the vehicle itself is a fair bit quieter in general when it comes to stuff like, you know, a ambient, you know, engine noise and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, I don't find it, you know, something that I view as problematic. I mean, it's quieter, but, you know, I mean, I just, you know, I usually have my music going and stuff in the car anyway. So it's, yeah. it's not like I'm sitting there in complete, utter silence, you know, getting, you know, drawn to sleep by wind noise or something. Well, that, I only really true. notice it when I do a video, right? Because then it's like, oh. Yeah, because you, you, yeah, you don't have your radio on. It. It, right. Exactly. If you have the radio on, it's... Drowns it out, yeah. 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 No, uh, Mojito, we're going to move off this uh, question in a second. I think we've answered it to death. But Mojito is just adding some information. He's from Florida, so he's mm. not fr okay. doesn't have any winter. I mean, it gets pretty cold love, in Florida. Love bug season. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's all the bugs that are hitting. But he yeah. says, you know, he thought that it would be a harder seal up north. Uh, he's talking about the main door... And after he washes it, he sees more water and humidity uh, seeping in. So maybe if that's the case, maybe maybe try in. putting some rubber conditioner on there because I mean, we use that up here. I mean, I, you, you do that, guys. Yeah. I assume you condition the, the rubber in the winter. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's one. What's it called? Gummy Gummy Pleft or something? Is is a brand on Amazon? It's very popular. It's it's like it's gummy like gummy bear and Pleft is like P F L E. Definitely when you say that, I just think of the song <laughs> yeah. Gummy Bear that my kids um, listen to. But no. But, but yeah, try maybe try some rubber conditioner on the seals. You know, maybe they're they're drying out a little bit or something. Uh, I you, you can get them at you know car detailing stores and, and stuff like that, or yeah. on Amazon. Just to search for rubber conditioner, but don't don't make sure it's something that's in a like a bottle with a, a sponge tip where you just kind of where you kind of rub it on. Don't like spray it. You know, don't get a can and spray it because no. you get it all over the headliner and everything. 
Or, you know, if, if it's a fairly new car, I think he said, was it you that, or the other gentleman that said, oh, you've had it for a year. So you still got warranty on it. If, if water is seeping in, you know what? I would uh, make a service appointment, have a, a Tesla mobile guy come, or girl, come to your uh, house or place of work and, and just take a look at it. And if they yeah, say yeah, I mean, there, there nothing shouldn't be water. Do, yeah, there shouldn't be any water getting in the car. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. If you have water, Sorry. even if it's condensation coming from the other side or something yeah. or in in between the seal you shouldn't be getting that no yeah definitely have service look at it if that's happening if it's just kind of one of those things where it gets a little bit foggy or something then uh, but yeah maybe have, have them take a look at it you know exactly. i mean worst case you know they'll they'll find something and if they don't then they don't but you know it's this is so cool we're, we're saying to people yeah have someone take a look at it and then we're sounding very professional even though we're not <laughs> well because right? i mean it's because with tesla service is not a big deal right i mean like, yeah like you just have it's them come out it's so quick if it's you're so at home quick. or whatever they just come to your house and they look at it and they'll tell you what the deal is and off you go it's not one of these things where you got you know book half a day off work of course we're not doing that now but you know you, you know what i mean like your no, traditional no, car dealer just... experiences you know you you call them up they book you in for like six weeks from now you know <laughs> and then you spend two 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 and a half hours sitting in the in the lounge uh you know while, while they you do get while, a muffin while, yeah, oh, yeah, don't well, get maybe. me started by Toyota service. Last time I was there yeah. before oh, this whole thing. Okay. If, if you go to Mercedes in, in Burlington, you actually have to pay for the muffin. You have to pay for you the know, muffin. You have to pay for the muffin. <laughs> but but you will get a free cappuccino. Um, and and then when you when you go to pay for the car, they'll tell you that your air filter needs to be changed because it all always needs to be changed. Okay, okay, folks, let's, <laughs> guys, let's move on. We're uh, we're. A little short for we time. We've still got a couple other questions that I want to get to. And uh, one more quick topic. Let's be very brief on this one. I just wanted to bring it up. I thought it was a funny thing. When I say funny, interesting. The first EV from Lexus is coming with a 1 million kilometer warranty. In, and it's going to be released in China first. And then, yeah. sorry for knocking on So first of all, the headline's wrong. It's a 1 million kilometer battery warranty. Yes. Not, a, not a vehicle warranty. So let's just get that out of the way right there. They're no. not saying the car is going to last a million kilometers. No, because it's you know. the battery. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, the powertrain, and we get it and all that. Uh, yeah, it's 10 years on the battery. It's three years on the car. So. And, and this Lexus is called the UX300E. It's an electric crossover. It's got a 54.3. It's very uh, small. Yeah, but check this out. Battery. It's, it is a small battery. It's it's a little bit smaller. It's basically like a leaf battery from what I understand. It's yeah, but it's also for the Chinese market. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Ve vehicle large vehicles are not the norm over there, right? It says it's going to mm, get a, a 400 kilometer hour range on a single charge. Now, can, keep in mind that's the NEDC rating scale, and yeah, and anyone, it's pretty generous. Yeah, yeah. anyone yeah. that knows that, that's uh, yeah, that's far fetched. So. I think we get what 700. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. A, it's 650 or something yeah. on, on yeah. NDEC, and it's 499 on on uh, what's the US one? Um, the EPA. You know, EPA. Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, 400 kilometers on NDEC is probably about. Three on three, EPA, yeah, maybe? three twenty-five, three, yeah, yeah, on on the EPA. So, but it's okay, okay so, for fifty. But that, that's like an SR Plus pack, basically. SR Plus is fifty kilowatt hour pack, and they're it's getting what yeah. four twenty-nine in Canada on the on the SR Plus. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, you know. this is like like you said. Uh, Anthony, it's a, a, a ten-year uh, new owner warranty. I love how it says new owners. Okay, not, actually, no, I, I misread that. One million kilometers with six hundred twenty-one thousand mile warranty, including the battery degradation if it falls below. And I, I think this is becoming the standard seventy percent. Yeah. It's yeah. anywhere between seventy seventy-five. Uh, I think some companies are as low as sixty-five even. So that's not bad. It's just what I find are ironic, and maybe it's just my whole negativity with toyota 
and how and, and even throwing Honda and even throwing Mazda or, or any of these other uh, car companies. Yeah, well, Nissan trick, at least, trick them all in the book. At least Nissan has the leaf, and they've been doing something. And yeah, a lot of I mean, Nissan is the famous for prototypes. We're going to show you this, and it'll never come out. We'll show you this, and it'll never come out. But at, at least they're showing something. Whereas Toyota and Honda, they're holding on to this. Um, uh, what, what is it called? The hydrogen. Uh, hydrogen. Yeah. The I, I, it, it bugs me so much. I even forgot the name. <laughs> the hydrogen. So. I find it a little rich when I see these these things come out and and how they talk about it and but they'll only put it out in the European market. I just it just in the Chinese market. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Chinese market and then maybe in Europe after. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're talking about maybe Europe. But yeah, I mean, I, like I, I think you know if they're if they're confident in their product, then it's it's great you know to to put numbers on on that. I mean, you know, like a million miles is a long long way, right? Yeah. Um, you know, but. Again, it's kind of like okay, well, you know, if the battery will take you that far, but you know, maybe maybe the car won't. Well, that's that's with <laughs> any car so, these days, right? Yeah. It's, it's the car will fall apart. Because I mean, yeah, like the battery pack is is not like, it's not like a separate entity, but I mean, it's it's it's, it's sort of like saying that we'll give, we'll we'll give you a warranty of like you know a million kilometers on the engine in your car, but the car itself only has three years, right? Yeah. So you know, like it's great, you know, if, if ten years from now you can actually drive that car a million kilometers, that's wonderful, but. Yeah. Um, you know, what if, what if the car falls apart after five years, you know, then that 10 year million kilometers doesn't really matter so much. Um, but I, I think it, I guess we could look, you know, if you want to look at it from a positive perspective, I guess it speaks to their, the confidence in, in their battery in, in the pack itself. Well, and, is it, is it confident? Oh, by the way, this article was brought to us by a uh, drive Tesla Canada, the guys there, yeah. but here's my question. Sorry, Paul, I sort of interrupted you by giving credit out. What were you going to say? No. Oh, I was just wondering if um, this is Lexus's way of tipping, you know, dipping their toes in the water, so to speak, uh, gain some experience before bringing something to North America. Yeah, yeah, very well could could be. I mean, we know the EV market in uh, China is huge, right? Yeah. So, yep. so why not, you know, get all your profits there? Uh, yeah. first well, it, it's a good it's a good place to start off, right? I mean, you know, there's a there's a very the Chinese government offers very compelling. Um, reasons for for people who live in China to choose an EV over a gasoline car, much more so than here. Um, it, it's it's actually quite punitive to 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 buy a gasoline car in China now, uh, compared to buying a, uh, a electric vehicle. And True. so I think you know if you're going to introduce one somewhere, especially if it's a, a relatively small, physically small vehicle, um, you know that that looks sort of similar to an SR Plus in. in capacity and size and things like that then you know that's probably a good place to do it as opposed to north america where people kind of want big cars um you know so and where and where the incentives aren't quite as as generous uh, or, or where you know buying a gasoline vehicle is not viewed as a, a something you're going to be punished for yeah um yeah. you know so i think it makes sense for them to introduce it there well, one last point on that, Paul, and then we're going to move on. Yeah. You're, saying, you're going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say, like, I'm still of the mindset that, that all, you know, EVs are good. Um, the more on the road, the better. And obviously my preference is Tesla. And, you know, I, I love the Tesla product, but I love to see any EVs good point. Uh, yep. coming out in the marketplace to yep. replace the ICE vehicles. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the, the one thing I will point out, if you look at the very last paragraph of that article, the thing is damn expensive. It's yeah. like seventy one thousand to seventy five thousand dollars Canadian it's, it's for for what for what basically amounts to uh, 
in the Tesla world, would be an SR Plus, right? which, which in Canada wow. is a $55,000 vehicle. Yeah, so, it's, it's Toyota you know. trying to take Lexus badging and, and make money on it because yeah. they think they can. Uh, like I said at the very beginning, I wanted to just briefly touch on this topic, and I'm being told by my boss here, Gary, to say thank you and next and move on. <laughs> I think it's his point. Because <laughs> uh, there's a couple questions I've got from uh, listeners that were nice enough and took the time and energy out of their busy schedule and email me a question. Once again, if you want to have any questions, you can send them to tessatalksquestions at gmail.com, and I will take every question as long as it's nothing personal or <laughs> polite, and uh, we'll get them on the show. So, guys, without any further ado, you guys don't mind answering uh, some questions here from the viewers? Uh, this one is from a guy named Rich. He says, hey, guys, I really love the podcast. And by the way, there's two questions. I don't know which one I picked up, uh, put up first, so these are in no random order. Hey, guys, I really love your podcast. Oh, thank you very much, Rich. Uh, I was reading a few days ago that there was a way to request your, oh, your data that Tesla has on you. How do I go about getting this information? Thank you so much, Rich. Now, this is fitting. It's fitting because... I've got a guy right here. I'm going to oh, full screen oh. him here. Yes. <laughs> hey, Paul, welcome to the podcast. No. Uh, yeah. Paul just did a, a video recently on, on this topic and this uh, procedure. You want to yeah. talk about that and maybe answer Rich's question? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I did a, a video on this, I think, on Sunday, uh, this previous Sunday. Um, so, yeah, I, I go through the, the details of how to actually request your, request your data. And actually, you'll probably throw that link in the description maybe. Yep. after the podcast so that people can access it. But uh, basically it's very simple to go and ask, but what's happening is a lot of people are getting emails back from Tesla saying that unfortunately it's not available in your region um, or that there's no data. Uh, I got an email saying that there was no data for me. Other people are saying it's not, other people are getting an email that says it's no data for your region. And it's creating a little, a little bit of confusion actually. Um, yeah. So I'd say go ahead and try it, but uh, don't have any expectation of getting data back unless you live in California or somewhere in the European Union. And uh, I think Tesla probably could have gotten ahead of a lot of the confusion around this if they just, you know, at that landing page where you can request the data, they said, if you don't live in California or an EU country, don't fill this out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Have you tried it yet, Paul? Um uh, what's your name, Anthony? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> I'm aware of it, but I haven't tried it. Yeah, and I was going to do the same thing. I was going to try it out, and then after um, Paul's video and his uh, reply and response and outcome, I'm like, okay, you know what, I'll hold off. It's But it's funny, since you said that, I was on Twitter yesterday, and Darren from Drive Tesla Canada, he had put out a tweet asking people about the same thing, and, and, and he had an article stating going about how to do it and i was hope i was hoping he'd put your video in there but he didn't so but anyways um he, he went through the steps on how to do it in, in the article and uh there was one person that said that they got a reply and it was a pdf and it was it was a pretty PDF. substantial pdf like in really? terms of size he hadn't opened it yet and once again this is twitter so who knows i'm not saying the person was lying or not mm. but who knows uh, they said it was a substantial size pdf uh, that was replied. Now, once again, he, I think if I'm not mistaken, he was in California. Okay. Well, I thought yeah. you were supposed to get some kind of a CSV file um, out of it. And uh, viewer had a question, the Coles notes on what kind of data people are getting. Yeah. So if, if you go to the page, it tells you that you get, get information about everything from 
you know, how many times you opened your door, <laughs> like, or um, to more advanced stuff like your use of autopilot, which is what I was interested in. I wanted the data yeah. around the autopilot stuff. Uh, but basically, it's it's a wealth of data on just about anything you can think of that the Tesla computers might be tracking. Um, so I was very excited, actually, to, to see this data. Um, and then a little disappointed that I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting, actually, because, you know, if, you're, if you, you know, if you think about how much data is um, available through the API, um, which is only a subset of the total that is collected by Tesla regarding the vehicle itself, not not so much the the owner, but the vehicle. I mean, if, if they're sending all that, I mean, that's a hell of a lot of information, um, yeah. you know, and, and just even parsing through that could be quite onerous for for people oh yeah um you know if you think about like you know it, it, it's tracking your the gps location of the car like the entire time the car is moving you know i mean just yeah. driving to the grocery store could be you know like pages and pages and pages of gps coordinates right yeah um, that's why i would be surprised that it would be a pdf that makes no sense to me mm, but well we'll take it with a grain of salt yeah well hopefully that answers your question rich give it a try if you're in uh cali or if you're in europe you may uh get some luck or maybe just give the program some time and it'll uh, it'll branch out to everywhere moving on to our next question is from a gentleman named steve hood here here we go let me see if i can pull this question up uh hold on add to stream here we go yeah steve hood he says uh, uh, i think i know the answer but i'll ask anyways is there a way to disable the flashing headlights in sentry mode they seem to go off or on for odd reasons, and our neighbors have complained about it. Thanks. Do you yeah, I believe the answer is no. Okay. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't heard. I haven't heard of any. Well, I mean, there's certainly no menu option to do it. So, you no. know, I mean, I, I'm not aware of any way to do it. So, I think the answer is no. No, you are correct. The answer is no, and I've done a little bit of uh, research to look into this for Steve since since he's asked the question, and you are correct. The answer is no as of now but and i wish you know what you know me i'm so prepared there was a tweet uh i want to say a few months ago i remember looking at it and did i save it of course i didn't there was a tweet that somebody asked elon this exact same thing minus the neighbor uh annoying the neighbor part and elon had replied yes so it does sound like it's a future thing that they're going to add into the software or the menu of some sort to just make it like almost like a stealth sentry mode where it'll record you but it won't notify you from the flashing lights yeah and i think that's you know again one of the, the great things about teslas you know it's, it's yeah, constantly absolutely. improving so i mean yeah. with any other car if you bought you know whatever yeah. brand x car and you know the behavior of the vehicles is essentially set for the life of the vehicle whereas with yeah. with the tesla you know you can sit there and say well you know today it's you know whatever day it is the 13th of 13th of May, and as of right now, you, you can't do that. But two weeks from now, maybe you can. So, and, yeah. and if that happens, then every vehicle will be able Look to do it. Joe it's not, yeah, it's not just the new cars that come after afterwards. So That's what we love about uh, one of the few things, or one of the many things we love about Tesla. Well, there's your answer. What was it, Steve? Yeah, it was Steve. Uh, it is coming in a future update. Just hang in there and maybe uh, talk to your neighbors and say, hang in there, or maybe... I don't know, maybe... Maybe park your car facing away from the house. I was going to say, house. yeah, uh, facing it towards a garage, if you've got a garage, if if that's possible, unless you park on a street or something like that. But anyways, that brings us to another, uh, to end of another fun and interesting podcast. You guys have fun? Yeah, yeah I always have fun. We always have fun. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate perfect, it. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. No, no, thanks for, thanks for coming on. 
I will start with you, Paul. Where can people find you if they wanted to? YouTube.com slash Tesla Canuck. Cool. Any, Basically, uh, Tesla Canuck on any social platform. There you go. You can find me. Any, anything coming out uh, soon that we should wait with bated breath on? Yeah, I've I've got um, I've got a really good video that I'm going to be releasing soon okay. that has to do with. Um, don't give it away. I don't want you to give X. it away. No, I'm not going <laughs> to give it away. But it but it's going to combine my, our Model X and our Model Three. Oh, sweet! So tug of war, side by side. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought about it. that's a great freaking idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a great a great way to kill both your cars. At once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, so yeah, you can find them like he said any social media platform. At Tesla Connect. How about you, Mr. Anthony? Uh, I'm basically Tesla Milton on uh, Twitter. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel, but I, I don't really post there very often. Um, but if you look for Tesla Milton on Twitter, then that's uh, where you'll find me. I've been a little quiet on Twitter lately. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of you know stuff going on. Sometimes you just need to step step back and take a little pause. But uh, but I'm hoping that uh, you know as, as this coronavirus business hopefully starts to uh, you know move past, past the spy in the, in the coming weeks uh, or, or months. And, yep, uh, yep. you know, the, a lot of the, the consternation about various, you know, around that subject, you know, passes us by that, you know, things will, things will go back to uh, being a bit more about, you know, conversations about the vehicles and the company and, and uh, things like that. And less exactly. about, you know, who, who's right and who's wrong about, you know, whatever opinion they may have on, on something to do with, you know, yes, this COVID illnesses. is very polarizing. And, um, you know, at least we, we all, the three of us live in Ontario, and our, our premier of Ontario says that he has an announcement tomorrow. Premier, we have a premier. It's basically the same as, like, a governor, I guess, down in the States. That's what I'm basically talking about. And yeah. uh, they're slowly going to start easing things slowly, but uh, not too fast, because we've seen some countries that are doing it a little bit too fast, and you were seeing spikes. We don't like to see that. So, you know what? We just yeah, have to be patient. Spikes are bad. But anyways... I don't want to end off on a bad note. Thanks for joining mm -hmm. us, folks. If you had a, a good time, uh, join us here next week as we'll do this over again. Hopefully on a Wednesday, maybe maybe yeah, Wednesday or maybe Tuesday. We'll see. Uh, just look look in on Twitter or on Facebook or Facebook or um, YouTube, and you'll get a little announcement, a little notification of when when it's going to go up. Anyone in the chat room there? Thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for your questions. Thanks for your interactiveness. Yeah, so it's great interactive today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Until then, guys, we'll see you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, Thanks. Over and out.